Um, good morning, Gateway. My name is, my name is Ed, and uh, I'm, uh, if you're new here, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, this week, we had open house for our preschool. We have a preschool here at Gateway that meets in the preschool hallway. And, uh, you know, thank you, Lord, it is full this fall. So there are a bunch of kids coming here Monday through Friday every day, and they were coming in this week for open house. The, uh, the teachers sent them, I think this is what happened, they sent them home in advance, uh, you know, a, a cutout, a paper cutout of a stick-looking person about this size, and they had them uh, color it and draw it and paint a face on it, and a couple of them tied hair into it, you know, so they, they, they went all out. This one little girl was extremely shy. She came in with her parents, and I, I recognized her parents, so I went over and spoke to them. You know, little girl wouldn't get anywhere near speaking to either Lena Curtis, who's our director, or me. And Lena's great with little kids, so she, get, show, show, us the, show us your person. I don't remember what they called them, so the little girl gets it. And, you know, she's not looking. She shows her the person. She's, Lena, oh, oh that's really good. Show, show it, now show it to Pastor Ed. This is Pastor Ed. She's not looking. She doesn't even acknowledge me. She just turns the picture toward me. She's hiding in her mom's dress. And I said, oh, that is really cute. I, you know, I love the hair. It looks like my hair. And this is what I got. <laughs> and the dad looked at me and said, don't, don't say anything to her if you don't want to know the complete truth. So I was reminded that I was young in the 1840s. And uh, when I was young, we used to sing uh, a song in church. It was a little campfire song. Some of you are old enough to remember this. It was called Pass It On. And the first verse of it goes, It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And can't you just feel the fire? And soon all those around can warm up in its glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you want to sing, it's fresh like spring, you want to pass it on. And that's what our series is. Our series is about passing it on, but what are we passing on? We're encouraged to pass it on without question, repeatedly in Scripture. In fact, we get the sense that's kind, that's kind of one of the main reasons that God drew us to himself. But what are we passing on? And the Apostle Paul answers that for us in the passage today. It's just a brief little paragraph that he throws in pretty early in his letter to his disciple, to his mentee, Timothy. And he explains what we're passing on. So we're going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. And usually, uh, boys and girls, we do this when we gather together. Usually we will stand out of reverence for God's Word when we read the Scriptures. So let's do that this morning. Let's stand out of reverence for God's Word. And I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to his mentee, Timothy, and to us. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. What you heard from me, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So Father, I pray 
that uh, you will help us dial in this morning and hear from you what you, you want us to hear. We're not here by accident today. and we, Our ears are open. We pray that you would speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, let me start at the very beginning. Our experience with God changes us completely. Heart, mind, and, and will. Our experience with God changes us, and this is kind of what Jesus was highlighting when he said the greatest commandment of all is to love God with your heart, soul, and mind. And by soul, he means the, the core of who we are, the choosing part of who we are. So whole person, with our whole person, we love God. This is why Jesus said what he said to Nicodemus. Some of you know this story, but there was a religious professional. He was almost like a religion professor who came to Jesus one time and said, you know, we hear that you're a a great guy and, and I'm pretty amazed at some of the stuff that you're doing. God must be working through you. And Jesus wanted to challenge Nicodemus. So he said, huh, you know what I think, Nicodemus? I think you might not understand this. You've got to be, in order to experience God, you've got to be born again. In other words, you've got to be a brand new person, a wholly, completely new mind, heart, and will, or soul. So that means, first of all, our minds are transformed by an encounter with God. Stay with me. Literally, our minds are transformed by the truth. Because we've we've come to understand the truth, we think differently. Not only do we believe different things, and that's certainly true, we believe different things, but we also think differently about things in general. Many of you have heard me say before, but one of the favorite testimonies I've ever heard, this young man got up to give a testimony at our church one morning, and he said, uh, you know, I had this long prepared testimony to give you today, and I'm not going to do that. I immediately thought, oh no. But then he said something brilliant. He said, look, Uh, I've realized because of what's happened to me, because I've become a Christian, because of Jesus, what I used to think about myself, wrong. What I used to think about women, wrong. What I used to think about about my future, wrong. What I used to think about work, wrong. Everything has changed for me. That's what happens. Our, Our minds are completely transformed by an encounter with the truth. Okay. That's what Paul is getting at when he says, What you heard from me, the truth I spoke, the the story of Jesus that I told, what you heard from me, keep that as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Now that your mind is being transformed, what should be the pattern for your thinking? Well, it's the stuff you've heard from me, Timothy. By the way, that word keep is also can be translated. Uh, hold on to or follow. The things I taught you, Timothy, follow that. Make that the pattern for your thinking and for what you teach, for what you pass on to others. That's the pattern. And you know what he's referring to, right? He's referring to what we would call the gospel. That, that's what Paul's teaching consisted of. One time the, the, the apostle Paul told a group of his friends, Look, I was resolved when I was with you. I was resolved to know nothing when I was with you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. This was the center of Paul's teaching. That's what his teaching consisted of. Last week, we said that that word gospel, when it's used in the New Testament, it translates the Greek word 
euangelion, and it means literally good news. Paul was always talking about the good news of Jesus' death and his resurrection and what that means for us and about how Jesus lived and how he loved. So follow those things, Paul says. Hold on to those things. That's what we're supposed to pass on. That's what we're supposed to teach others. The death and resurrection of Jesus, what it means to us and how he lived and how he loved. Now, someone is thinking, I don't know enough to pass anything on. But that's just not true. Look, it's interesting that Paul doesn't say, you've got to know all of the details of Christian thought and then I want you to pass it on. Instead, he says, what you heard from me, follow that as the pattern of sound teaching. And that word pattern can also mean outline. I've given you the outline. Stay there. Follow that outline. Look, you may not have all of the specifics. None of us do, but you've got the outline. And if you've experienced God's love, you've got enough to pass on. Take that outline and your experience with his love and pass it on. What do I mean? Um, my wife is a, uh, my wife is awesome. If you don't know my wife, you should. But she's a, yes, she's a, a, an attendance secretary at a, a, a elementary school in Ashburn. And, I, you know, I don't want to exaggerate. Twice a month, at least, she comes home, well, every day she comes home, how was your day? Oh, brother, this parent or this kid, or oh, it was great. But twice a month, Diane will come home and say, oh, you know, this teacher came in and she's, oh, her husband and, and, and the, their, their, their parents. And, and so I just said, can I pray for you? And she said, oh, that would be really sweet. And Diane says, you know, I mean like right now in front of Jesus and everybody. And they say usually, okay. And she prays for them, a parent. Uh, a student, a teacher. It happens all the time. Uh, I have said before that my wife is sweet, and I don't mean that as a toss-off comment. Diane's sweetness is a force of nature. And it, it, it exudes. And when she prays, stuff happens. And so invariably, they'll, that was so sweet, thank you so much. They'll come back later and report. Uh, there is a woman who works at her school that uh, had a troubled pregnancy, Diane prayed for her, and child was born healthily. She regularly will come show Diane pictures of her miracle baby and thank uh, Diane. I think this happened because of your prayer, Diane. Uh, you can do that. You can do that. And once in a while, they'll say, why, why did you pray for me? And that's your opportunity to say, because I you know, I believe in God, and I, I think he can do amazing things. I'd love to tell you about that sometime. It's that easy. Lee Spears is our facility manager here at Gateway. Some of you uh, know Lee. Almost every vendor that comes into our building, Lee prays for them before they leave. It's unbelievable. I'll tell Lee regularly, you minister more than anybody on our staff, including me. You can do that. You can do that. Uh, some time ago, we had a, a person semi-related to our church, intense need, and uh, they're about to lose their job, had lost their car, 
and couldn't get to work. And it was a very complicated situation. We had a family here at Gateway uh, offer to give them rides to work every day. And eventually, asked around, couldn't find anything, and decided they themselves could get by for a while with one car, so they gave their second car to this young woman so she could get back and forth to work. They began to invite this young woman into their home for, for holidays. I think it changed the trajectory of this young woman's life. You can do that. It, it, that's not complicated. You can pass that on. Uh, once in a while, it does get a little more complicated than that. I, I got a text this week from someone who has experienced unspeakable tragedy. And I was familiar with the tragedy and have met with him a couple of times. And he, uh, he, he texted me and he said, um, you know, six-month anniversary of this tragedy is coming up and I, I don't believe anything anymore. And it, it would help if I did, but I don't believe. Uh, uh, do, you, do you have any advice? And this is part of why I read the story, why I read the Bible. Because I need to know more about how Jesus lived and how he loved. I need to know more about his resurrection and, and what that means for me and what that means for that man and for his family in the midst of this unspeakable tragedy. I need to follow the pattern as closely as I can so that I can be able to pass on to that desperate heart because that's what this desperate heart needs. We can do that. My mind has been transformed by an encounter with God. I think differently now about things in general and specifically. I think differently about certain issues. My thoughts and my beliefs are shaped by God's truth so that what I've heard from the apostles, I need to follow that as the, as the outline of my thinking and, and in my teaching so that I'm passing on the right stuff and all of that is guided by my faith and my love in Christ Jesus. Now, not only are our minds transformed, but as we said, our hearts are transformed as well. They are warmed and transformed by an encounter with God. We literally feel differently about things after God has changed our hearts. Something has been deposited in us, and we feel differently. This is why whenever, listen to this, whenever I just can't bring myself to pray, or I don't want to read the Bible, it's just, uh, I don't know, I'm tired of it, it's too boring, or I don't want to hang out with Christians. I, I think they're kind of goofy. Whenever I feel that way, I know that something is wrong spiritually. I have a spiritual flu because I know that, that God has changed my heart and now I love the things of God. So when I don't, I know there's a problem. That's when I know I have a spiritual temperature. Now, for some of you, you may have never experienced this kind of heart change. The way you feel about reading the Bible or about praying or about being with other Christians, it may be an indication that you've never welcomed God into your heart, that he hasn't transformed your heart. And you know, it's as simple as earnestly seeking him and asking him to ignite your heart with his love. If we can, I want to do something right now.
I wasn't going to do this, but let's just pray right now in the middle of our conversation here because there may be someone here who has never welcomed him into your heart for the first time. So your heart has never come alive with the things of God. It come alive to life. And let's pray that uh, you will invite Jesus into your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the miracle of having our minds and our hearts changed and our will transferred and conformed and turned over to you. And so, Lord, right now, we recognize that um, our heart and our mind is not what we want it to be, and we pray that you would forgive us for just the stuff that we've done to disobey you, maybe to disobey our parents, to disobey our own conscience. And Lord, we pray that you would rescue our hearts. We invite you to come in and be our governor and rule over our lives and change our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I believe this whole experience that I just talked about, the experience of having our heart transformed, I believe that's part of what Paul is talking about In this passage today, I believe we are instructed to guard that heart work. Paul said, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the heart of God is a significant part of what we're to pass on to others. And we can't pass on what we don't have. So we have to guard it. We have to keep it. We have to stand over it. We have to protect our hearts because our hearts are under assault. We live in an age of sarcasm. It's fashionable not to take anything seriously. And we live in an age of doubt. It's hard to know who to believe and what to trust these days. And our suburban world is dominated by frenetic busyness. And these are things that assault our hearts. We have to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to us. And that job is so difficult and so important, we can't do it alone. We guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit, and we need that help. We need to ask for that help. Of course, once our hearts and our minds are captured by God's love and God's truth, we must submit our will to Him. We we align our soul with Him. In other words, we love Him with all our heart, and soul, and mind, and and that's what it means to be a Christian. And then our lives are spent, once we've done that, our lives are spent following the pattern of what we've been taught and guarding the deposit within us so that we can pass it on to others. I'm going to say that one more time. That's the conclusion. Then our lives are spent, once once we've had had an encounter with God, our lives are spent following the pattern of what we've been taught. Jesus' death and resurrection, what it means to us, how he lived and how he loved. We follow that pattern, and we guard the deposit within us. And that's what we pass on to others. Okay, we're going to do something different this morning. Um, I asked Jordan's permission. He rolled his eyes. Doesn't matter. We're doing it anyway. We're going to sing the third verse of that old song, Pass it on together. Can you hear that, Tom? Okay. Uh, If I mess up a chord, ignore. I'm making this up on the spot. But the third verse goes like this. And you're going to sing it with me in a sec. 
wish for you, my friend, this happiness that I found. You can depend on him. It matters not where you're bound. I'll shout it from the mountaintops. I want my world to know the Lord of love has come to me. I want to pass it on. All right, stand with me and let's try this together. Some of you already know it. Uh, the rest of you, uh, make it up. Nobody is sitting there. You're around the campfire. We're singing and we're being reminded this is the call on our lives. All right, you ready? I wish for you, my friend, this happiness that I found. Not bad. You can depend on him. It matters not where you're bound. Hold, I'll shout it. I'll shout it from the mountaintops. I want my world to know the Lord of love has come to me. I want hold to pass it on. I'll shout it. You ready? I'll shout it from the come to me I want to pass it on okay yes yeah uh, let's finish by reading 2 Timothy 1 13 and 14 together and I'm going to invite the worship team to come okay choir what you heard from me Keep as the All right, that's not as good as your singing. I want you to read it with me. 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14. This is our truth for today. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Let's pray together. All right, I don't know what has stirred your heart today, but as we often say, you're not here by accident. And you're not just here by habit, and I appreciate those for whom this is your habit. That's a wonderful discipline. But we're here by design. And there's something in uh, what we have prayed, or what we have heard, what we've thought, what we have sung today, that God had in mind for you. So what's stirring your heart? Week one of this conversation series, if you were here, you may remember, Paul encouraged Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of my hands. What is the, what is the passion what is the flame that needs to be ignited in you, that needs to be reignited, that needs to be fanned up into blaze? 
who is the person, the family, the cause into which you're supposed to pass it on? What's, what's the tug on your heart? What's the tug on your life this morning? Don't leave it undealt with. Let's give a minute of silence this morning and just let Jesus deal with our hearts and deal with our minds and deal with our souls as we, whole people, encounter all that we know of God. We give all of, that we know of ourselves to all that we know of you, Lord. We ask you to speak, stir us. Thank you.